This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Yeah, thank you for being with us on the Vedic Wisdom. I want to bring the Vedic literature to you in this program. I need to give you a little bit of background, and I want to simply read a little bit out of Srila Prabhupada's book to you, so you can see firsthand his level of understanding, commitment, and the scale of his compassion for the living entities. This is in the first book of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is 60 volumes. So this is the beginning of the teachings of the great saints and sages, the master Sutta Goswami, Sukadeva Goswami, the sages of Nirmashrayana, are all involved in delineating knowledge to the living entities, you and I. And in this particular section, they're talking about one of the original emperors on this planet Earth long ago, 5,000 years ago. Modern sciences and their, their time factor and their archaeology and their, it's all completely bogus. The Vedic literature has it laid down for you to see and understand. It'll be a, a good learning curve for you. It'll be quite exciting for you to understand that we don't have a bad past. We have a glorious past. And we should rise back to that higher platform. And I'll read a little bit to you. This is about the emperor, Yudhisthira. And he administered totally generously over his duration of his reign. It says exactly like his uh, a father. He had no personal ambition. He was freed from all sorts of desires for sense gratification because of his continuous service to the lotus feet of the Lord Sri Krishna. So, the human society of the world is suffering. So we simply request the leading personalities of all nations to take to the science of Krishna consciousness as given in Bhagavad Gita for their own good, for the good of society and for the good of all the people of the world. That is confirmed here by the example of Maharaj Yudhisthira, the personality of goodness. Now, um, Throughout this universal structure, there are demigods, and they are in control of various planets. And King Yudhisthira was simply like the demigod emperor of Earth. And he was very benevolent to those around him. Okay. Now it says, News even reached the celestial planets about Maharaj Yudhisthira's worldly possessions. The sacrifice by which he would attain a better destination, his queen, his stalwart brothers, his extensive land, his sovereignty over the planet Earth, and his fame. <clears throat> Only a rich man and great man's name and fame are known all over the world. And the name and fame of Maharaj Yudhisthira reached the higher planets because of his good administration his worldly possessions, his glorious wife, Draupadi, the strength of his brothers, Bhim and Arjun, and his solid, sovereign power over the world, known as Jambadvip. Here the word loka is significant. There are different lokas, or higher planets, scattered all over the sky, both material and spiritual. 
A person can reach them by dint of his work in the present life, as is stated in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9. No forceful entrance is allowed there. The tiny material scientists and engineers who have discovered vehicles to travel over a few thousand miles in outer space will not be allowed entrance. That is not the way to reach the better planets. One must qualify himself to enter into such happy planets by sacrifice and service. Those who are sinful in every step of life can expect only to be degraded into animal life to suffer more and more the pangs of material existence. And this is also stated in Bhagavad Gita in chapter 16. Maharaj Yudas Thir's good sacrifice and qualifications were so lofty and virtuous that even the residents of the higher celestial planets were already prepared to receive him as one of them. O Brahman, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was absorbed in the service of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except the Lord's service. Now this is a very important section I want to read to you now. This is just a little, it's called a purport. This is Srila Prabhupada's explanation or enlargement upon this verse. And I think this is very informative to anybody with an open heart. I hope you hear Srila Prabhupada speaking, and I'll try to read as he spoke. There are two things in the world which can satisfy living beings. When one is materially engrossed, he is satisfied only by sense gratification. But when one is liberated from the conditions of material modes, he is satisfied only by rendering loving service for the satisfaction of the Lord. This means that the living being is constitutionally a servitor, and not one who is served. Being illusioned by the conditions of the external energy, one falsely thinks himself to be the served. But actually, he is not served. He is servant of the senses like lust, greed, desire, anger, avarice, pride, madness, and intolerance. When one is in his proper senses by attainment of spiritual knowledge, he realizes that he is not the master of the material world, but is only a servant of the senses. At that time, he begs for the service of the Lord, and thus becomes happy without being illusioned by so-called material happiness. Maharaj Yudhisthira was one of the liberated souls, and therefore for him there was no pleasure in a vast kingdom, good wife, obedient brothers, happy subject, and prosperous world. These blessings automatically follow for a pure devotee, even though the devotee does not aspire for them. The example set herein is exactly suitable. It is said that one who is hungry is never satisfied by anything other than food. The whole material world is full of hungry living beings. The hunger is not for good food, shelter, or sense gratification. The hunger is for the spiritual atmosphere. Due to ignorance only, we think that the world is dissatisfying because there is no sufficient food, shelter, defense, and objects of sense gratification. This is called illusion. When the living being is hungry for spiritual satisfaction, 
He is often fooled or deceived by material hunger. But the foolish leaders cannot see that even the people who are most sumptuously materially satisfied are still hungry. And what is their hunger and poverty? This hunger is actually for spiritual food, spiritual shelter, spiritual defense, and spiritual sense gratification. These can be obtained in the association of the Supreme Spirit, the Lord, Sri Krishna. And therefore, one who has them cannot be attracted by the so-called food, shelter, defense, and sense gratification of the material world, even if they are relished by others, including the denizens of the heavenly planets. Therefore, in the Bhagavad Gita, it is said by the Lord that even in the topmost planet of the universe, namely the Brahmaloka, where the duration of life is multiplied by millions of years by earth calculations, one cannot satisfy his hunger. Such hunger can be satisfied only when the living being is situated in immortality, which is attained in the spiritual sky, far, far above the Brahmaloka or any other portion of this material universe, in the association of the Lord, who awards his devotees the transcendental pleasure of liberation from the material atmosphere. So we're in the situation where the material atmosphere is contaminating us and we're struggling for a level of satisfaction, enjoyment, sense gratification, fulfillment that isn't available here. And so we become illusioned and the Lord actually speaks about the importance, the value, the intense importance, the intense fulfillment that those who engage in the service of the Lord experience. It is a taste so unique and completely superior to anything material. Now, we can't just have a platform that's flickering. We need to have a platform of uninterrupted service. This is why, the, why ultimate immortality is available in the spiritual world only. Because that world, that nature, spiritual nature, is eternal. But this nature, material nature, is temporary. So try as we may, we still come to the point where our activities, our consciousness, and our service break. They're broken for us. So the Vedic literature teaches you that in this material life, if you study the Bhagavad Gita, you study under a bona fide spiritual master, he teaches you the secrets of engaging in devotional service while in this very life. And when the time of death comes for one who is expert in devotional service, it's simply like walking into the other room. The loss of the material body, the loss of the material circumstances, enjoyment, defense, food, hunger, etc., is not a loss. It's just something inferior that one gladly lets go of. For the superior, unending happiness, sweetness of loving service to the Lord. And this is accomplished in the spiritual world in the association of the personality of Godhead face to face. This is the causeless mercy of God to the living entities. He awards the devoted living entity his personal association 
permanently where the sweetness of service is experienced. As we just read, we are not to be served. We are the servants. We are supposed to be humble servants and find our role, find our place in humanity and society and ultimately in the Lord's plan, in the service of the Lord and his devotees and the spiritual master. There lies the happiness, the sweetness of devotional service that everyone is interested in. The, the Vedic literature teaches you that the Lord is so kind that in this age he actually has empowered the sound vibration of the Maha Mantra with the sweetness taste of devotional service so that we can come out of our material predicament, out of our material uh, entanglement through the vibrating of the sound vibration of the Maha Mantra. This is totally a legitimate science. It's coming up more and more as material scientists recognize the potency in vibration, in sound. Let's be honest. A lot of our current uh, technological advancements and toys are sound vibration based objects. Our computers are vibrating. They're uh, uh, pixels. Um, the phones are a vibration of sound, of image, of text, co encoding, etc. There's all sorts of stuff coming through different screens everywhere, coming through the different towers everywhere, coming through from the sun, coming throughout different portions of the universe. There is a constant vibrational structure that we are awash in, like submerged in the ocean of all sorts of sound vibrations. And these sound vibrations bring with them individual potencies. And the Lord is so kind that he's using the sound vibration method of the Maha Mantra to purify you from any of the other contamination vibration rates caused by these, uh, how do I call it, uh, improperly designed material toys. There are toys that make people sick. There are to these electronics things. They give people cancer. They give them to confusion, depression, anxiety, skin diseases. All sorts of problems can be caused by the vibratory rate you expose your mind and body to. Well, similarly, the Lord's intelligence was empowered years and years and years before these devices came around. When he empowered the great mantra, the Maha Mantra, with the potency to combat any other frequency in the manifestation. The universal solvent, the universal vibration is contained in the Maha Mantra. It is authorized, it is empowered, it is available, it is free, it is mercy personified. It is a usable, practice, practicable, uh, flexible, free method that you can purify your mind and consciousness and make further advancement. So the opportunity provided by reading, which is another vibration method, uh, the Bhagavad Gita as it is, and by hearing and vibrating the Maha Mantra, and by offering food to the Lord for his satisfaction before eating. These three processes guarantee the living entity's liberation from the entanglement of birth and death. Now that's a huge statement. 
I don't make it lightly. I don't want you to take it lightly. These three processes have been divinely considered and established to be able to liberate the living entity, irrespective of how badly contaminated he is. He can be liberated in this very life, and one can be engaged in the service of the Lord uninterrupted. The spiritual master sets this as the goal for all of his disciples. Uninterrupted, unself-motivated devotional service to the Lord. Everyone should attain that. Everyone can attain that. And that is how any individual becomes perfect. So, the opportunity provided and the guarantee issued is all because it is coming directly from the Lord's mercy upon the living entities. We are only here because we are trying to fulfill our desires. Great desires, stupid desires, and everything in between. We all flip and flop from one end to the other. We swing with the pendulum, shall we say. Sometimes we're spot on and sometimes we really miss the point. And it happens to all of us. But irrespective of that position, the Maha Mantra liberates the consciousness, purifies the consciousness, simply by repeating the mantra, simply by hearing it. Similarly, the reading of the Vedic literature to educate you, to inform you of how the entire manifestation is structured, how you got here, why you're here, what is going on, what's the cause of your suffering, what is the cause of anxiety, how do you solve these problems permanently is all in the Vedic knowledge. And you can imagine how much it will help you to know these ultimate answers. You actually can set a goal in your life. You actually can chalk out a path. You actually can look at what do you require. You can accumulate your specific requirements, assets, and opportunities because you know what you're doing. So the Lord has mercifully put that together, this simplistic process of hearing and chanting and eating spiritual food and reading the Vedic literature. Who doesn't like to eat and dance and sing? Who doesn't like to hear glorious stories of wonderful, pious uh, people like this king, Yudhisthira, we've just read about? So this is a very pleasing program and very powerful program because it comes so authorized, because it is actually an emanation of the Lord's mercy upon all of the living entities who are just trying to fulfill desires. And you can then learn, you can then observe and understand your own advancement by am I becoming detached from these temporary types of enjoyment and material activities? And I'm becoming more realized and more attached and involved in the service that's transcendental and ta has that ta sweet taste of service. This taste grows to love of God. This taste grows to your divinity. All your good qualities come out. It isn't that you have to build good qualities. You're full of good qualities. They're covered by the actions and reactions of fulfilling desires. So if one can dovetail his desires and move them out of selfishness over to selflessness, over devotional service to the Lord, this contamination is eradicated. And one is available for service. One tastes service. One is fulfilled in the nectar of service. So 
this very simple process is still hard to follow. And the only reason I say that is because you are constantly being distracted. It's not that you don't have the qualifications. There are no prerequisites. You don't have to pass something to be able to be qualified. You have to have sincerity and enthusiasm, but you should have that when you set off on any journey. But if you follow the instructions of the spiritual master and you use these simple tools for purifying your consciousness, the result is beyond any other material activity that you can perform. Bar none, totally outstrips it by a mile. So your situation, irrespective of how bad you might think it is, or how good you might think it is, can be cleansed off of you so your good qualities come out and those good qualities get used in the service of the Lord and your divinity becomes solid and your path out of material tabernacle is open and you return to the spiritual world in eternal loving devotional service becomes an irrevocable fact and so it's guaranteed in the Vedic literature. This process is potent. This process works. This process leads to the ultimate goal of your purification to divine and your engagement in the service of the Lord face to face. Absolute ecstasy in loving service. So this is what is awaiting you. In the material world, you're struggling. You have money problems. You have relationship problems. You have knowledge problems. You have so many things you're trying to fix. And these are automatically repaired when you become devoted, following the spiritual master's instructions, leaving behind this unending chain of desires. We struggle, 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 struggle to try to fulfill. So this Vedic literature, this program, the Vedic wisdom, the Maha Mantra, is all intended as association and awakening and supplying you a method to solve the problems of birth, death, old age, and disease. To bring out your divine qualities and make you the great person inside, you already know you actually are. But you find it very difficult to be, to express. People easily diss you or put you down because you're not articulate yet. But it doesn't make you think you're not real. You're not right about your own great potential. The great potential is in everyone to be what they're capable of and be a good whatever that is. This perfection is available by the grace of God in all living entities. You must seek out what is your perfection and you must execute that and work your very best such that you become fulfilled and a good example and you're guaranteed a success and you can shout that from the rooftops. A good friend of mine just passed away and he devoted his life to God. He came up through life and materialism and material life and he had the ups and downs and the jobs and the this and that, a good relationship with his wife and a family, uh, a good position in society, he was a respected person, a nice gentleman. But his body ended 
But when his body ended, he returned to the spiritual world. He was engaged in service to God in his mind and body and activities at the right moment. At the time of death. And he was just a, a good man, just a common good man. But he achieved the perfection. He used this process of devotional service to his best outcome. He brought the proof home. And he returned to the spiritual world. He returned to the spiritual master. He returned to service and love of God. Because he was doing it here. He practiced through his life, some 35, almost 40 years of it. He practiced. And he did a great job. And he showed you, me, and everybody else this process of devotional service is the most powerful process. It brings the highest reward. It brings the highest goal. It is what is worth investing in. This is worth spending your time on. This is worth reading about. This is worth studying. You want to become this or that uh, profession. You go and get a university job or you study under someone who knows it. You work and work and work at it and you practice and you try and you develop. And with given time and determination, you become proficient. My friend is telling you all that you can become proficient in service of love of God in the purification of yourself in this very life. By example, he's showing you. So the opportunity that's available to you is wonderful. And the uh, result is guaranteed. And the opportunity is yours to take. Read Bhagavad Gita as it is by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And you will come out of the illusions of this life and become happy. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.